Hi there, this is Ken from Get English Tips here. Welcome along to this Ask a Jan Ken podcast number two, in which I get asked so many questions on my Instagram channel, Ask a Jan Ken, and I just don't have the time to answer these questions individually. So these podcasts are me answering your questions of anything and everything to do with learning English. For those that don't know, I am a native English teacher from Scotland in the United Kingdom and I do have my own Instagram channel called Ask a John Ken, so make sure you check that out as well. So I get asked lots of questions. If you're watching on my YouTube channel, this is just some of the questions that I get answered, I get asked. There's so many of them. So I'll take the next half hour, 40 minutes or so to go through Um, a dozen or so questions and see how I can help you learn English better. So let's start. First one, we've got, someone's asked me, what's the difference between inside and into? Inside and into. The The easy answer to that is, inside shows movement. Sorry, into, sorry, I'll say that again. Into shows movement into, onto, etc. But into shows movement from outside and moving to inside. So, for example, we walk from here into the room. So we're showing movement from one place into the next place. So into shows movement. Inside is when the movement has finished. And that's basically it. So you move, you move into the room, And when the movement is stopped, you are inside the room. So that's really the difference between into and inside. Into shows movement and inside shows when the movement has finished. Very simple, yeah? So try and use it. See how you got on using it. Next question we've got is a really good one. Is what's the difference with speak or talk to and speak or talk with? So what's the difference between to and with when we use speak or talk, right? And to be honest with you, there's not really any difference as such. This is quite a common question I used to get asked when I was teaching out in Thailand from my Thai students. They would say, what's the difference between to and with? And really, there's not much difference at all. But one of the things that could probably help you with your English is to look on these two Um, to and with, look on them as different things and try and increase your vocabulary. So we'll look at them. When we use speak to or talk to, if you can imagine somebody is just having a one-way conversation with someone else, perhaps it's like a parent speaking to a naughty child. They are telling them, they are speaking to them one way and they don't want the child to speak back to them. So speak to is like a one-way conversation. Could be kind of like a, I guess, a telling off or someone preaching or or someone has something strong to say to someone else. Speak with or talk with, on the other hand, shows perhaps a two-way conversation, like a general conversation. People, there's interaction from both sides. So speak with and talk with, I guess will show interaction from both sides, whereas speak to and talk to just shows interaction from one person. They don't want the other person to speak.
So if, I hope that's answered that question for you. Speak to, one-way conversation, speak with, we have more interaction and a two-way conversation. But as I said, don't worry too much about it, but it's just really to try and enhance your vocabulary and give you um, a, you know, a better vocabulary if you can use them in, in two different ways. So it's a good one to use. The next one we've got is how to pronounce floor, F-L-O-O-R, and flower, F-L-O-U-R. So we've got floor, double O, and flower, O-U-R. I guess by looking at these two words, well, firstly, you know floor, it's the it's the ground that we walk on inside a building or inside a room, the floor. And flower, F-L-O-W-R, I guess is like the powder that you use to make bread or pastry or something like that. So if you look at the... the normally double O would be ur, yeah? But here, floor would be an O sound. Floor, 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 floor. So I'm walking on the floor. And flower, ow, 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 is an ow sound. So it would be flow, flower. So I'm using flour to make the bread. I'm walking on the floor. So floor, double O, floor, floor, and flour, flour. So that's how we pronounce it. The double O in floor is not an O sound, it's an O sound, floor. And the O-U sound in flour is ow, ow, flour, flour, flour. So floor and flour. So I hope that's made it a little bit easy for you to use. Try and use it when you're, I guess, if you're struggling with pronunciation, once you hear the sound is to keep repeating it again and again and again. And if you're watching my videos, it's something that I do when I try and show someone um, pronunciation is to keep repeating the words, you know, a few times just to get, because there's really a rhythm when you're speaking English. So if you keep pronouncing it for a few times, you've got more chance of learning it. And also remember as well, try and put it into into a sentence. So for example, if you heard me there with flat, uh, with floor, we, we pronounce it, but then we say, I'm walking on the floor. So we put the word or the vocabulary into a sentence. And so hopefully you've got more chance of remembering it. So there we go for that. What else have we got here? The word tongue, T-O-N-G-U-E, tongue, the thing inside our mouth, a tongue. The word tongue, do we pronounce the G or not? Do we pronounce the G or not in tongue, tongue, tongue? No, we don't. It's a very, very soft sound, isn't it? Tongue, tongue. It's almost like a... Um, like a dull sound at the back of your throat. We don't say tongue. We'd be tongue, tongue, tongue. I'm I, I, the cat has my tongue, 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 tongue. I'm tongue tied, tongue. So we don't pronounce the G. No, we wouldn't pronounce the G. So who, what else have we got? What's the difference between extra and etc? Extra and etc. You know etc. The etc. Etc. This is like an old Latin word, 
and um, the full word is etc 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 but extra just means more of one thing so for example um, you have some pizza and you want extra pizza you want more of one thing can I have more of this thing here it's a little bit different to etc etc means to continue with the same thing so or the same list etc there you go so extra is more you want more of one thing whereas etc continues with the same thing so let's have a look for example i want more pizza i want extra pizza sorry i want extra pizza i want more of that thing i want extra lessons in english i want more of that thing but etc is a continuation of a list for example, um, when you learn, I like pizza, um, I also like pasta, and I like spaghetti, etc. So it's continuation of that topic. Or it's really important to speak English, to, to read English, etc. A continuation of that list. Whereas extra is more of the one thing. I need extra lessons. The extra here is the lessons, etc. is more of a list. So I hope that's made it a little bit clearer for you. Etc. is just a continuation of that list. How do you pronounce southern? Southern. You know, you know we've got north, south, east, and west, yeah? So we've got northern eastern western and it's not southern it's su southern 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 southerns i guess the 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 adjective um but we wouldn't say south urn we would say southern southern so it's spelt s-o-u-t-h-e-r-n southern southern it's this you know, um, Argentina is in the southern hemisphere of the world. Southern, southern. The Antarctic is in the or Antarctica is in the southern hemisphere in the south. So that's how we pronounce that. Um, could you please explain when we use persons or people? I am totally confused. That's quite a good one, actually, isn't it? Persons or people. So we've for so the first thing is we've got person, which is one, um, and people. This would be the plural, yeah. So we'd say one person and two people. But the old way of saying it would be persons. Persons with an s is also the plural of person. But nowadays we use people. Persons is more of a legal thing. Um, it's very very formal way to say it. Um, you'd hear lawyers or policemen, etc. They would say persons. Generally, people is a group of of persons, I guess. People that are all connected. All these persons are connected in some way. The people on the bus, they're all sitting on the bus. The people at school, all the people are at school. So it's 
they're all they all have the same connection is when we would generally use people. I tend to think nowadays we'd use persons more when we don't know if all of these people, I guess, have a connection. Normally when I hear this, um, maybe on the television during the news, they would say that the police are looking for five persons. They don't know whether these five persons are connected, so they keep it as persons. If they knew they were connected, perhaps they could call them people. But generally, they would say persons. Much more formal, and it shows perhaps that the people are not connected. But yes, yeah, so persons and people, they are both the plural of person. It's much more common nowadays for people to use, or for, for people to use people, um, for people to be used as the plural for person. So it's better to stick with people. If you use persons as the plural, it doesn't sound good to the ear. Not meant, hardly anybody will use it. It's much more of a formal way to use it. So stick with people, much better. And next one, what have we got? Um, how to pronounce the words, <coughs> there's a lot of pronunciations today. How to pronounce the word entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. You know an entrepreneur, yeah? It's like a, um, a businessman or a business person, somebody who, who likes to be in business for themselves and creating a business, etc. There we go, etc. Entrepreneurs. I'll spell it for you. It's E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S. Entrepreneurs. It's four syllables. It's actually... Not a typical English word. It's more, it sounds more along the lines of a, I guess, a, a French word. Entrepreneurs. Entre, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. He has five businesses. She's an entrepreneur. She's just started her own business. So, entrepreneur. I like that word. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. So what have we got less? What have we got next? Somebody's wanting to know the meaning of the word advocate. Advocate. A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E. Advocate. Advocate. I guess an advocate is someone who supports you morally, I guess. Like um, like a lawyer, I guess, would, would be an advocate for the, 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 the client that they are looking after an advocate or if someone believes in the business that you're doing maybe you're starting up your own business and you want some I guess some support somebody could be an advocate they could support you and they could give you good encouragement and they could tell you that um, what you're doing is is a good thing a supporter I guess a really supporter in business or a formal supporter would be an advocate someone who believes in you an advocate like I'm starting my own business just now and I have a few advocates who are helping support me morally and uh, you know and encouraging me and they believe in what I'm doing so this would be my advocates advocates I like that word as well advocates which which one is correct ticket four or ticket two 
ticket for, I have a ticket for, I have a ticket to. I guess both of these are correct, actually. Um, I, obviously, ticket two would be the destination. I have a ticket to London. I have a ticket to Scotland. I have a ticket to Thailand. So ticket two would be for the destination, ticket two. Ticket four, I have a ticket for Scotland. Mm, it's okay. Ticket for two people. I have. I want. It, I would like a ticket for two people to Scotland. So we would use for. Um, I guess for the people, I would like a ticket for. You no, know, we would say I, I would like a first class ticket for two people to Thailand or to Scotland. So that's how we would use it. A ticket to would be for the destination or to the destination. And a ticket for would show the amount of travellers that are going there. So ticket for one person going to Scotland. So that's how we would use that. What else have we got? Um, can we, how can I improve my English language? Probably the most common question that I get asked every day of being a teacher. How can I prove my English language? Well, really, the first thing you've got to ask yourself is what do you want to improve in your English? Do you want to improve your reading or your writing or your speaking or your listening? Uh, what is it that you really want to improve? Your vocabulary, your idioms, your grammar? You have to really, you have to really know what you want to improve. It's okay, um, I guess. It's okay to think, oh, I want to improve everything. But really, when you're when you're learning something, um, you have to take it little by little. You know, it's. I'm doing a business at the moment, and one of the one of the. Um, the phrases or the expressions that people say is when you're starting a business or when you're running a business there's so much to do and it's like the question how do you eat an elephant little by little you don't eat an elephant in one big go you have to do it little by little this is how you do your big tasks or your big projects or your big work you break it down into little by little and it's the same with when you're learning English, to improve your English. You do it little by little. You work on the little bits, and this will help you improve. So the f if anyone asks me, how can I improve my English? I want to ask you back. What's the thing that you want to improve the most? Think about it. What would be the thing in your English that you want to improve the most? Is it your reading, your writing, your spelling? What is it? Have a think. And I know everyone will say speaking. But what is what is it for you? Everyone is, most people will say speaking. But what is it for you that will improve your English language? This is the most important question that you're going to get asked. Why are you learning English? And what do you want to improve? So when you think about that, then you can focus on the little bits. If you want to improve your speaking, you have to practice. I don't have anyone to speak with. Well, 
read a book, but speak when you read, for example. Do that for 15 minutes a day. If you want to improve your listening, listen to music and uh, listen to music and read the lyrics on the internet. So you're reading as you're listening. I'll, you know, watch a movie or a series, but with subtitles. So you're listening and you're reading the subtitles as they're there. So it really depends. If you want to improve your writing, start writing short stories about yourself. Keep a diary. So there's lots of things that you can do to improve your English, but you must know what you want to improve. You have to be specific. If you're not specific, then you're not going to improve it. Okay, so that's really important to do. First thing, how to improve my English? Find out what you want to improve. Okay, we've got a vocabulary one next. We've got hi. What does whistleblower mean? Whistleblower. <whistles> a whistle. A whistleblower. What's a whistleblower? I don't know if you've heard this one before. A whistleblower is quite a quite a new word, I guess. It's quite formal. And it means a whistleblower is someone who who tells the secret of something that other people are trying to hide. If someone is trying, usually in business they will use it. Perhaps if business or a government are trying to hide something from the public, a whistleblower knows what they're trying to hide and then they will try or they will give that information out to other people to make that that information common knowledge so that more and more people know about the secret. So this is a whistleblower. I guess there's a famous whistleblower just now called, um, well, a few years ago, called Edward Snowden. And he worked for the American government. And he had all these secrets about the American government, you know, abroad and the, the army, etc. So he knew all these secrets and he gave those secrets out to journalists and to the news. So he became a whistleblower. He told the secrets of the American government. So this is a whistleblower, someone who tells the secrets of a company or a government. And the company and government are trying to keep it secret, but the whistleblower tells everybody about it. Not because of anything like blackmailing or anything, but because the information, I guess, um, is v the information it should be quite important. This is why they're telling people because the information is important and it concerns a lot of people. And perhaps the, the government or the, um, the companies are maybe telling lies um, more than keeping secrets. And the whistleblower wants to tell everyone that they are telling lies. So that's a whistleblower, someone who tells stories or tells information that a government or a company are not keeping. They're keeping secrets or they're telling lies, and a whistleblower wants to tell everyone the truth. So there we go. Um, what have we got? Is there any difference between smart, clever, and intelligent? Is there any difference between smart, clever, and intelligent? Mm, not really. 
let's have a look at them. Let's take intelligent first. Intelligent is quite a formal word. Intelligent means that someone can use their brain very well and make good decisions, I guess. Um, not so much they, well, maybe they know some knowledge, but generally someone who's intelligent will be able to make very, very good decisions. They can, they can use their knowledge very, very well. This would be someone who's um, intelligent. Someone who's clever will generally be someone who can solve problems, I guess. Oh, you're clever. You can solve this problem or you can do this puzzle or this riddle. You're very, very clever. They have a kind of an analytic mind. They understand problems and they can solve these problems. This would be someone who's clever. So intelligent, I guess, is someone who can make, um, you know, good decisions, who can use their their knowledge very, very well and make good decisions. Someone who's clever, I guess, can solve problems very well. And someone who's smart, I always think smart is kind of, not so much selfish, but they, they, if someone's smart, they can... Um, they, not so much selfish, but they, they look after themselves well. Maybe they're a smart dresser, so they look after themselves. They're smart. They can make decisions well for themselves. Maybe for other people as well, but generally they're maybe thinking about themselves. Um, so that that's really the difference. Intelligent is someone who can make decisions with their knowledge. Clever is more about problem solving. And smart is someone who is generally um, can look after themselves very, very well. So smart, clever, and intelligent. It's quite a good one, that. Sir, could you tell me how we use these words? Went, gone, going, go. Went, gone, going, go. Went, gone, going, go. So these are four different tenses, aren't they, of the same verb, go. So let's look at them one by one. Go, this is the bare infinitive. Go is to move from one place to another, I guess. So we've got go is the infinitive, the present simple tense. I go, you go, he goes, ES, she goes, it goes, we go, they go. So that would be the verb infinitive, verb one, generally our students call it. Then we've got verb two, the past simple is went. So go is like an irregular verb. So we've got go, present simple. We've got went is the past simple. And yesterday we went to, well, yesterday we went nowhere because of lockdown. And <laughs> we went for our one hour walk. So go went, gone is the past participle, verb three. Um, and it shows, if we use gone, it shows that someone has went from one place to another and, he, and they haven't returned. So, for example, I have gone to my, I have gone to the park and I haven't returned. I have gone. So we've got go, present simple, went, past simple, gone, the past participle. And going is the continuous tense. It shows the movement is happening now. I am going home, I am, or I was going home and I, and I missed the bus, for example. 
So going shows the continuous tense. Gone is the past participle. Went is the past simple. And go is the verb infinitive. So that's quite a good grammar question. So we've got another one here. When do we use glamorous as a positive or a negative adjective? When we use glamorous, is it a positive or a negative adjective? Glamorous. I'll spell it for you. It's G-L-A-M-O-U-R-O-U-S. Glamorous. 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 Okay, what does glamorous mean? Glamorous means that someone is more than beautiful. They have like a... An aura. Do you know an aura? Like um, the f the vibration or the feeling that they give to everyone is very, very beautiful. Um, like a film star or, you know, a glamorous. So I guess an answer to the question, glamorous is very, very positive. I guess, yeah. Everyone wants to be glamorous. So it sounds very, very positive. A glamorous film star or a glamorous um, singer, etc. Or a glamorous... English teacher like me? No, 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 okay, no. Glamorous. Yep, very, very positive. Very, very positive. Um, okay, what have we got else have we got here? How would, um, would you please tell me what the sentence don't let me keep you means? Don't let me keep you. Ah, this is a very, very common um, expression that native speakers will use. Don't let me keep you. And we use it when we're speaking to someone and we're speaking away, blah, 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 blah. And someone perhaps wants, needs to be somewhere else. They have to start work. So you're speaking, having a conversation. You haven't seen them for a while, having a conversation, blah, blah, blah. And they say to you, oh, I need to start work in five minutes. And you say to them, on you, on you go, don't worry, just go, don't let me keep you. So this is just, I guess, giving permission to someone, although permission's a strong word, or telling someone it's okay, I'm not offended if you leave. You, I know you have to be somewhere, so you have my blessing or you have my permission to leave. So don't let me keep you. Don't let me keep you, I'll catch you later. I know you have to go to work, don't let me keep you, you can go. Don't let me keep you. Really good one to use. Try and remember that, yeah? And next time you're speaking to your friend and he has to be somewhere, and you can say, don't let me keep you. I'll catch you later. On you go. You have to be, you have to go somewhere. Don't, don't let me keep you. Very common one that um, native speakers will use. Just a nice way of saying, I don't care, or a nice way of saying, I don't care. On you go, you go and do your own thing. I will go and do some, I will go and do my thing as well. So, what else have we got here? Um, hello, I'm from Kurdistan. What is the pronunciation of this word here? I'll spell it for you first. It's N-E-G-O-T-I-A-T-I-O-N. Negotiation, negotiation. We've got two sh sounds there, yeah? The first sh sound is a G. Negotiation, negotiation. The second sh sound is a T-I-A. Negotiation. Negotiate, if you don't know, negotiation is the noun. 
from the verb negotiate and it just means two people are talking and the reason that they are talking is to to come to an agreement over something maybe they're talking about the the price of a car and someone says oh five thousand dollars and the other person says oh one thousand dollars so they start talking and negotiating to to agree on a price for the car so this is negotiation 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 five syllables so what else have we got here um how to improve speaking skills this again this is something earlier on here i was saying how can i improve my english language but this one here my how do i improve my speaking skills this is very 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 specific and uh, i guess the main thing that you have to do is you have to practice with your speaking now, I know a lot of people will say, well, I don't have um, anyone to practice with. What would you recommend? So um, the most important thing is that you are speaking. Now, one thing I always did when I was learning to speak another language, when I was learning Spanish, was I would speak for about 15 minutes every day. I would get a book. In my case, I would get the newspaper, the Spanish newspaper, and I would just read something for about 10 minutes, but I would speak when I read it, when I read it. Some of the vocabulary I didn't understand at all, but it was important just to get the feel of the words and the feel of the structures and a feel of the, um, the sentences. And the more I did this, the more I started recognizing words on the television, on the radio, and when other people were speaking. And within a month, it really, really improved my Spanish. So to improve your speaking, the one thing I would say to you would be to practice. Take 15 minutes every day. Find a topic. What are, what are you interested in? Is it football? Is it music? Is it for your job? Get a topic and find a book or something or an article or a blog and just practice speaking. Just read it. And that's all you need to do. And the, you'll end up getting a feeling for how the, the language is. And you'll also start improving your confidence. You'll improve your grammar. You'll improve your um, vocabulary. You'll really start improving if you, if you um, speak for 15 minutes every day. Get something you enjoy. It's really, really important that you get something you enjoy, that you like, the topic you like. As I said, maybe it's a job or a, or a hobby and just start speaking for you know 15 minutes every day and practice and practice and practice. Another thing I did was I would get a book, a novel in Spanish, and I would read three pages every day and I would speak when I read, you know. Um, it's very, very important to speak when you read. And I would read... On day one, I would read page one, page two, page three. So I'd read three pages every day. Day two, I would read page two, page three, page four. Day three, I would read page three, four and five. Day four, page... Um, so I, I eventually, essentially, I was going three pages forward, two pages back. Three pages forward, two pages back. So I was kind of repeating what I was reading, which really, really helped as well. 
So there's a couple of ideas for you to improve your speaking. Get a newspaper and read for 15 minutes or get a, a novel and read three pages. But speak when you read. Very important to speak. And read three pages. The next day, go back two and read three. Go back two and read three. And do this for a month. Do it consistently. And the more that you do it and the more you practice, the better you will be. So try and see and let me know how you get on. So we've had a few questions there. I hope you've enjoyed that. We're coming to the end of this podcast for today for um, Ask a John Ken, podcast number two. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you've learned something. And, uh, you know, f- please feel free to pass on this podcast with your English-speaking friends as well. And if you're listening on um, any of the Apple podcasts, remember and give us a five-star rating and to leave a nice review as well. We'll be back, we'll be back soon with more... Um, with more podcast questions from the Instagram channel. If you haven't been to the Instagram channel yet, go to instagram.com slash getenglishtips and you'll see me on there. And feel free to join in the conversation over on the Instagram. If you've got any questions, you can contact me. Just uh, email hello at ajarnken.com, A-J-A-R-N-Ken.com and i'll always answer we've got a new whatsapp group if you haven't joined the whatsapp group go to getenglishtips.com you can sign up to the whatsapp group there and very very soon we'll have a brand new language learning social media platform that i'm sure was going to be very very interesting for you we've got lots of resources we've got um, places for you to practice your reading to practice your speaking very very important so this will be coming soon so watch out for that so i hope you've enjoyed this podcast and if you've got any questions as, as i said get in touch and this is uh, a john ken i'll speak to you soon bye for now